bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck and Jay Parker. All right, yes, it is, and here we go. It is the Modern Eater Show live on iHeartRadio at six thirty. K How? Uh, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, back in the saddle again in studio on the mothership right now. Uh, last week, big week, Jay. Yes, it was. Threw it all together. Had a delicious Thanksgiving dinner uh, at Grind Kitchen Watering Hole in Cherry Creek, which was so much fun to uh, assemble friends, family, sponsor, um, just everybody come together. And, and again, it's the reason for the season. That's you know, if anything, holidays. It's uh, an excuse to eat and drink uh, a lot. That's right. Your resolution doesn't start till the first, so you can eat your brains out. And, uh, you know, the people that we brought together, uh, thank you, Brews Beers. Thank you, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Thank you to uh, Joy, Joy Wine, Wine and Spirits. Spirits. Uh, thank you to Butterball. Steps up and, and feeds the whole um, the, the whole party, which was just so cool to be able to uh, do that. And, and the, uh, the Chef kitchen. Chef Preston Phillips. The kitchen was off the hook because it had that infused energy from Augusta Scoffier's students from Boulder came down and uh, just pitched in, and it was a good time. The instructor there said uh, they don't know it, but they're getting credit. And they got paid for last Saturday to be there, which is, as a student, to be able to fill out a time mm-hmm. card on a Monday morning and say that all that work that you did, mm-hmm. uh, you got paid for, mm-hmm. uh, that was a cool thing, too. Do so. we get a piece of that just by no, being? No, no, no okay. not at all. Okay. I think we're paying. <laughs> I think that I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, Big show right. uh, in the kitchen. It's, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just a, uh, I say a lovely guy because he is, and uh, Chef Daniel Asher is going to join us. Um, opened up a new restaurant, River and Woods. He's doing a lot of things with that, but he's also. Uh, and I understand. Did you tell me that he's the one of the largest customers of our uh, guests that are in studio right now? Growers Organic. That is correct. Okay, so Growers Organic, and we'll do it right now. Let's just welcome him to the show. And uh, Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic, welcome to the Modern Eater Show, Brian. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, bring that microphone right up there. We're going to settle in. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Emily Katowski, uh, marketing manager as well. Did I get your name right, Emily? Katowski. Yeah, close enough. It's Polish. You got it right earlier. (laughs) Did I? And then I get it right earlier. And then when you listen, (laughs) I'm on the. You know, we're on the air, so of course I'm. I'm not going to do it right there. So Brian and Emily are here, and it's just a. Thanks for having us. Yeah, uh, Daniel Asher. You you guys work closely with Daniel. Is where Brian? He is uh, an incredible guy. I've known him for a long time. Um, since back in his early days of coming to Colorado, just a really wonderful, Does lovely wonderful fit? person. He's a lovely yes, man. Lovely man. <laughs> he absolutely for sure. is. We'll catch up with him in, in the in the kitchen segment. And uh, next hour, Linda Hampton Fox opened up the bindery and we went down there and visited her. So you can look forward to that in the next hour. And uh, also, we, we uh, were hanging out with Bobby Stuckey a couple hours ago. We were down there. Uh, a Tavernetta. Tavernetta. And checking that place out. He's all, he's set up for success. Bob beautiful, Stucky. beautiful restaurant. Cool dude. So uh, we are messing around with him too. Growers Organic, you know, give us the, what is Growers Organic? Well, you know, we're a, sort of a more of the boutique organic specialty produce company. Mm-hmm. Um, we started at farmer's markets back in the early 90s with a couple local farmers. And that when we started was going to be our main focus is just local, but we got 
so popular and realized that if we were going to sell year round in Colorado, we really need to reach out. And, and so we realized the real focus should be on small farms. And uh, so we went around the country. I met with a ton of small farmers. I know personally most of all the farmers that we work with on a daily basis. And it's really neat because we get to go out to California, meet those small farmers. We have some down in Arizona, all over the country, some down in Texas, and but mainly Colorado. And then mm-hmm. we have a few people that we work with year round. But uh, we've we've turned into really the really premier 100% organic company here in Colorado. It's been a great time. Who do you sell to? Oh gosh, um, you know I, all, all the big names. So the the large grocers, all the way down to small little little restaurants, little you know the sauces of the world. Which you know that's one thing I love to to think about. That if someone can make organic pizza and be successful as Saza's been, then anyone can use organic. But you know it's everyone from places like Saza to Potager to River and Woods, the kitchen. I, if it's a great restaurant in Colorado, we're selling to them and, and, and then grocers. And consumer as well, right? Exactly. And we do a we do a box program that we've started. There's, yeah. there's I'm gonna be I'm signing up here shortly. Oh nice. Thank you. Box program. I'll probably get the the ugly produce as well. They need a home. <laughs> Everyone who gets it loves it. They they always laugh and say, This doesn't look that bad. Why why is it so ugly? Right. Um but it, it's sad because you know, we go into a grocery store, we buy with our eyes. Um, and we don't know how things taste. And a lot of times when things look ugly, it has a higher higher sugar or flavor content mm-hmm. um, and than the others. And so people miss out. Yeah. And so it goes from the, um, the, the visually, aesthetically pleasing produce for some, and then the ugly, and then uh, I'm assuming probably Arlen Preblood swoops in for the oh, yes, remainder we waste, from exactly, We Don't Waste yeah. to, to, to pick up the rest, which um, we did actually with Daniel Asher. Uh, we did a charity a fundraiser for We Don't Waste mm-hmm. called Dumpster Dinner. And we had um, renowned Denver chefs play with food that would otherwise go to a landfill and make it gourmet and show just how delicious that food is. And and just because um, it, it might not look uh, too pleasing to the eye, it, it's just as, as delicious, right? Oh, it's insane. I bet everyone loved it. And, and you know, we, with our Ugly Box, we donate a dollar of every don't waste to we don't waste out of every ugly box we sell so it's really cool that's great that is really cool uh let's let's just start from the end consumer and then work our way up to so and i just want to kind of um rehash what we talked about there so you are uh kind of a an aggregate of a middle man of sorts to finding uh organic farms and uh, linking them up with chefs and end-user consumers to uh, have the ability to bring people the best produce that's organic that that you possibly can. You're doing the homework for people, right? Exactly. And so there's even some small farms in Colorado. You know, we have a gentleman that we work with, Steve Maitland, who has Fossil Creek in Erie, Mm -hmm. Colorado. And he started off with, you know, he he had the whole 13. He wasn't farming him. He's farming an acre. And he wasn't certified organic. And he came to me, we started working together, started getting his stuff into all these different restaurants. He became so popular that now he's farming 13 acres. He's certified organic. Very cool. Super neat guy and awesome operation. Certified organic, that's another thing. I think a lot of people, uh, there's questions that I think, even myself, afraid to ask about organic. You know, you don't wanna seem silly or dumb. Yeah, and oh, that's where I come in. Well, we'll we're going to ask the questions. It's <laughs> six thirteen, the Mile High City. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, uh, Growers Organic in studio with us. Uh, Brian and Emily, 
and we're going to talk. Uh, let let's let's do that. Let's get into the weeds a little bit. Um, where we can find different regions, where your produce comes from, uh, what to, what we can expect this time of year, uh, how you link up with the restaurants, the chefs' needs, the, the things that they want. There are so many questions on my mind, and and certified organic land as well. What does that mean? What's the difference? Uh, you mind if we take a break? We'll come back and answer those questions. Sounds great. All right, let's do that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, do that. We're very happy to have them in studio. Brian Freeman and Emily K- Katowski. Katowski. Oh, she gave me the thumbs yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. All right, uh, don't forget, in the kitchen, Daniel Asher, it's a pleasure. He's going to join us at 645. Talk about a very mindful man when it comes to sustainability and sourcing and um, a, a great proponent for Colorado agriculture uh, altogether, and I think that that's very important. I, uh, we live in such a great state to be able to uh, have these things in our backyard and to be able to source them and, and bring these ingredients to to our table so that we're very mindful of what we're putting in our bodies these days. And I've been beating the drum lately that it's very important all the way uh, from from being the chef at your at your home um, to being a chef at a restaurant. And and um, you know a lot of times in this uh, world of of laden prescriptions and and pills that people are masking what can be done by the foods that they eat. And I think it's very important to be mindful of deconstructing your diet to the simplest, most uh, simplistic forms and then building it back up from there. And I coined the term pharma chefs because I really believe that there is a lot of health benefits that chefs can uh, provide to um, – to their customers. Uh, yeah, Greg, you're a huge advocate of this uh, organic and, and better food movement, which has had brought me kind of along with you. And it's one of those things where you don't think about it every day, right? But it's basic math to where how are you not thinking about what you're putting in your body? I mean, that's what's fueling you every single day of this life you've been given, whether you wanted it or not, you have it. I mean, that that's, you know, uh, uh, candy bars all the time don't work. That and, doesn't work. And, and it's a learning process. And I think that we're all doing it together. And as we, as a 45 year old man growing up with uh, nutrition, uh, nobody knew what nutrition was. Mm-hmm. You followed a pyramid um, mm-hmm. that was terrible, just so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And as we, um, uh, you know, unwind the ball of, of of really what food does for the body, I think that um, it's a great thing to just be intelligent about that. And that's why I really um, appreciate conversations like this with Growers Organic. So we'll come back and we'll do that and more when we return on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Love great food and drinks? Get tips on the best places to eat or discover new bars and restaurants. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash themoderneater. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. 
Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. The most delicious hot dogs in Denver are at Billy's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Signature dogs, specialty dogs, gourmet sausages, homemade, hormone-free, 100% single-sourced meat, and never any artificial flavors or coloring. You can taste the difference. 24th and Larimer, near Coors Field, plus food truck, street carts, and at Fiddler's Green. Savor the best damn dog in Denver. Billy'sGourmetHotDogs.com Okay, back to Growers Organic momentarily, but I have to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Uh, it's A-Plus Beverage Solutions because that's what you want. You want an A-Plus uh, a report card for your faucets in your bar, restaurant, brewery. If you're uh, pouring inefficient beer, Jay. You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't do that. Don't pour your money down the drain. Don't look like a fool when you're taking this delicious Colorado craft beer. Uh, it should be just like the brewer intended it to be poured. Uh, Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, they're going to go in and do the build out or they're going to do maintenance and they're going to add lines for you nitro lines or people are adding those as well punchbowl social just i think today this week uh, i know i was reading an article in stapleton he did that build out along with lost highway brewing old chicago uh lucky pie and niwat tap 14 their new spot downtown uh, by on 19th avenue by um d-bar d-bar and uh, Keegan Gerhardt, it, we're going to introduce those guys and their neighbors. But Jeff Rourke, he's, he's a family man, uh, family-owned and operated businesses, which I'm such a huge advocate for. Uh, check him out and get that A-plus on your report card, uh, 720-272-3809, 720-272-3809, Jeff Rourke and A-plus Beverage Solutions. Hosea Rosenberg, Black Belly Market, Boulder, Colorado. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, back at it, The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio, hanging out in the studio this week. I think next week we'll be at uh, Stanley Marketplace doing a live broadcast, which would be cool because uh, we've got some friends in studio as well. Nora Ramirez, uh, winner uh, of their Pay It Forward program and Growers Organic, uh, Saza Pizza. And uh, that's a cool thing, right? Uh, Saza. Saza, Saza. Saza. I had to, I had to. You got to get the names right. You know, I, it's just I, like. Well, I mean, that's why, Saza. you know. Saza. Saza. Um, the Pay It Forward program, we're going to talk about that here in the next, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But Nora's in studio and just seems like a very uh, nice gal. So we'll catch up with her. In the meantime and in between time, Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and Emily Katowski, uh, marketing manager. Uh, let's dig in, you guys. What do you think? That sounds great. Okay, We're... so uh, when we when we left off, I I threw some questions out there. But certified organic, what does that mean to the uh, individual that's out there going? Well, you know, what is certified organic? The most basic definition is something that does not have any any use of synthetics. Mm -hmm. So whether that's synthetic pesticides, herbicides, or fertilizers. How's a farmer going about having his land certified organic? Um, it's a process that takes three years. Mm -hmm. So basically, for the it used to be seven. Um, they've, they brought that down to make it more attainable for smaller farmers. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the whole process is basically you stop putting chemicals on the land and you start putting inputs into the land that were really what mother nature intended. It's an expensive process. 
it is and but time there's consuming it is but there's huge benefits the 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 flavor profile of all the food that you'll grow would will taste so much better you increase the mineral content and all the food that you're growing mm -hmm. that's that's one thing that we're finding in um, conventional farming mm -hmm. it will really will get product that is really mineral deplete right so therefore you're not the nutrition that you think you're getting out of it is is not there um, so a benefit to the end consumer but the farmer who's trying to stay alive out there um, be easier just to go traditional farming isn't it well they they do make a premium you know, um, we've commoditized our food industry to a level of where, you know, farmers have been beaten down. Um, and that's why you, you'll see a lot of um, a lot of the big farms coming in and, and buying the smaller farmers mm -hmm. just because the consolidation, the, the small farms can't compete when you drive the price down that low. Um, and, and, you know, and it, the, the better living through chemicals isn't necessarily accurate when it comes to farming. Yeah, you see it all the time, too. And and you have to wonder opinion you don't mind are you an opinion guy do you mind throwing out opinion oh yeah i will give you my opinion that's for sure <laughs> okay well you see places like uh, kroger safeway organics brand uh king supers does the same uh, they see that this market and i'm sure it's an opportunity for growth for them to to be able to do these things um maybe because of the deep pockets may be easier for them to achieve the certified organic just as good not as good what what do you, are, do you have any thoughts on that you know the interesting thing is is a lot of the times they're going to the same farms that that you would want mm -hmm. anyway mm -hmm. and they're just putting their label on it so i i think that the whole thing i, I said a long time ago that i hope one day that conventional becomes the specialty and organic becomes the norm. Um, and, I, and I really think that that's, we're starting to see a little bit of that play out right now. Mm -hmm. um, the, in the, you know, in the organic space, that's the only sort of section in the grocery store that's seeing real growth. Um, and people are starting to take their health, you know, put their health first. And it's not about how fast can, you know, a waffle come out of the toaster sure. as much as, you know, what kind of grains, you know? So that's something that's like really interesting. You know, Kelly Whitaker at Basta, mm -hmm. he's, he's, really diving into this whole concept of wh why aren't we using these heirloom grains that we, we have been around for thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of years since the beginning of time. And now we're using these grains that we've sort of bastardized in a sense. Yeah. And we were just talking about that today. My husband, and I actually have a small farm up in Northern Colorado yeah. and it's getting to be that time of year where farmers are trying to think of like what you're going to be using for ground cover. And he's like, I think I'm going to do all beans on this side. I was like, have you thought about doing a different kind of grain? Because, you know, that could, you know, actually, yes, it's going to benefit the soil, but we could make a little money, you know, in the off season on that. So that's kind of the new thing. And luckily we have people like Kelly who are kind of leading the way and showing us like, these are the type of things that you should be planting because these are what chefs want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the mindset of the consumer and, and again, the, the dichotomy between the, um, the big box grocers and the, um, uh, the small, you know, like Growers Organic, uh, uh, the one-offs. Uh, the, the, it's a cold following organic. It really is. And, and there's a mindset with the folks that, that uh, they're not real big business people. Um, they, they also, along with the importance of the food and how it's grown and, 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 and the viability of that, there's also a notion of how a company conducts its business as well um making those larger brands that are that do tout organic uh, less viable to that cult following is there any, any opinions on that you guys 
Well, definitely. I mean, the small farmer is something we need to save. Yes. I, I, I you know, I, I firmly believe that there's these, and it goes, it's really strange because it does go back to the heirloom varietals I, and it's in everything. You know, we, we work with a strawberry grower there, you know, there's hundreds of varieties of strawberries that people don't realize. Um, and every strawberry tastes so different. And what is the strawberry grown to do? So where some strawberry growers, they aren't necessarily growing for flavor. They're growing to make it look like it was just picked yesterday in that field in California when it's shipped to New York. And that strawberry is not going to have a lot of a lot of that sweet flavor. I mean, and it's the same with carrots. I, I speak to uh, young kids at, at schools, my sweet spot, sort of third grade to fifth grade. And it's so interesting when I take out an organic carrot to the kids and have them taste it. They all say the same thing. I've never tasted such a sweet carrot. It's and, what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, it's just, it. that's what's so neat. And then I let them eat the strawberries and they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a strawberry. And, you know, so Jay Parker here. So that Greg brings me to my Apple uh, story <laughs> when he said the carrot, because I'm because when I said to you, we had the, in the car and I was eating an apple and I think your girl said, is it organic? And I said, I, you, know, I my, you said my body's just lucky to have an apple in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because organic or not. And I thought <laughs> and, and listen, that took me back just a bit to where it was like. I almost agreed. Like, I'm glad you're eating an apple, period. Um, but but where is the argument organic versus non? Oh, it's it, it for me, it's so huge because it's about our planet. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it is something that's sort of interesting. I, I didn't know this until later on in my career. I, I was working with these farmers back in the early 90s and bringing them in. I was a marketing guy at a grocery store. And I was bringing these farmers in, this is 94, 95, to the grocery store to actually talk to the consumers because back then, you know, kale was just sort of a garnish on the Pizza Hut salad bar. Mm -hmm. No one really knew what it sure. was or it grew in their front yard and it was right. ornamental. And and I brought this farmer, little farmer down from Southwest Colorado, um, this guy, Tom McCrack, and he owned Green Earth Farms. He since sold, but we were partners and would bring him into the grocery store and everyone was just so amazed that when he started showing them, listen, I, I'm a steward of the land, which is a little bit deeper. I didn't get it when I was that young. And then, you know, 20 years down the road, I started understanding that this is bigger, way bigger than me and my health. It's about our planet's health. And the fact that, you know, now we, we find so much water contaminated with things like estrogen, which is one of the, you know, main components in a lot of, you know, estrogen's a neuron disruptor. And that's in a lot of your pesticides and herbicides. And that, that, that's the thing that people aren't educated about is, is, you know, we're killing fish, because, you know, obviously sure. when, when all the fish don't, don't think that they should be, you know, doing the things yeah. that mother nature intended that because the estrogen is disrupting yeah. them. It, it's and young children, thing. young boys with gynecomastia and they're sort of developing boobs and, and don't know why. There, there's a lot of components that have to do with things that we're consuming on a daily basis that we have no idea why and how. And it's changing our, um, our genetic makeup. Yeah, altogether. It's well, a very that, scary proposition. Oh, this whole thing with GMO about we we can feed the world. We we're throwing out forty percent of all mm -hmm. the food that's Isn't that grown. Amazing. Right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's not and, just blow your mind. Mm -hmm. It's six thirty on six thirty KHOW and iHeart Radio station. Just a great conversation. Again, I told you I get a little esoteric and in the weeds. <laughs> I hope you appreciate it because I think a lot of people, um, the, the, it's confusing to them. 
and just uh, just as much consume uh, cons- uh, confusing as uh, so craft beer I, I, they have a, a cult following uh, craft beer drinkers uh, so much so that the brewers association felt that it was so important to come out with a label that would delineate a craft beer and craft breweries are 97% of the breweries in the country and that other 3% controls 87% of the sales uh, volume and distribution, which is a, I mean, that's a real flip-flop. And and I think it's probably the same uh, with food as well. But uh, they needed to come up with a label to put on craft beer or have available for that for the end consumer to understand that this isn't an InBev product. Uh, This isn't a Molson Coors product. Um, That this is an independent, um, do, do farmers need to have something like that that will easily show to the end consumer that's not up on it like all of us um that that would say okay this is what you want this is good it's gone through kind of a vetting process do do you follow me oh yeah i i that's a really interesting thought to think i mean i i'd love to bring emily in on that question because as a small farmer you you know she has duck duck farm it's a little tiny they you know little tiny farm Mm mm-hmm that what what would you say? How would you like to be recognized as a farmer? Well, I think for a lot of the small farms, it's it's really just having that relationship. And I don't know if it's necessarily another label that goes on the package because you already have like your your certified organic, you have your Colorado Proud, and yes, I think people and you have your non GMO certified. But you know, for people like us, it's it's just being out there and having the relationship, you know, in your community sure. with the chefs, you know, with the people at your market. And that's really what it boils down to. Um, you know, some people want to eat well and some yes. people want to participate. Yes. They don't know where to begin. They I don't. Mean, and and uh, let's face it, it, it is a little higher price point. And, mm-hmm. and, and can get carried away if you're not sourcing correctly, because there mm-hmm. are other ways. But I, And that's where I think Growers Organic steps in. And, and, and Brian and Emily, you guys are doing a lot of the work for people. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, but how does it stand out? I'm, I'm, I would imagine you'd want everybody to, to use Growers Organic. But also, I think that it's a bigger picture than that, where you would just want people to eat organic as mm-hmm. well so uh, is, is there something that it, what kind of mo- can we start a movement can yeah, we figure this yeah, out definitely. <laughs> well i think you nailed it it's it's let's start with just the organic piece and i would also encourage people to look at at smaller labels don't be afraid i mean it's always interesting when i hear somebody that says i will only eat a driscoll strawberry and and it's that's to me is so funny because i i there's a, a lot behind that that yeah. i could go off on it's for just an being hour familiar though right oh it's yeah just, well the total opposite i have a a very popular restaurant group here in colorado that re- ask please do not get me driscoll anything but driscoll, anything but driscoll when Edible it comes beats. to uh, no, no, it's actually it's the, um, kitchen. the kitchen group. Okay. And Hedgerow. And yeah, yeah. and Hedgerow um, down in Cherry Creek. Gotcha. And they, and the thing is, is and it was really funny because the chef came up to me and said, you know, I was bringing in these, these raspberries mm-hmm. from this small farm. Actually, it was Fossil Creek up mm-hmm. in Erie. Oh, that's the best thing you've ever tasted. Yeah. The, you, these raspberries were so off the chart and, but they were super expensive. Yeah. You know, a small farm to put together 10 pounds of raspberries, you know, I think he wanted like $65 oh, or something. Yeah. We only put $10 on it because I was like, oh my God, who's going to pay? Yeah, we you just know. wanted to see a chef make something spectacular sure. out of it yep. that we that's could taste cool. because they were that good. Well, and that's what the chef came to me when I was delivering them. He goes, "You know what? I just want you to know the sample that Emily gave me. I used to make this dessert, 
And, but the night before I tried to make it with some raspberries from the grocery store that were just shitty raspberries. Yeah. Sorry. That's one of those. No, you're words. good. You're good. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he said these raspberries tasted and made the dish stand up where the other one just, it turned into mush. Yeah. And, um, the, the, you know, those are some of the most flattering compliments. And, sure. and it really, it goes back to the farmer. And that's, that's one thing that I would say, you know, we're, we're on, we're right at this, at this cusp of really starting to recognize the farmer that grows it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been, listen, my hat's off to all the chefs that we work with. They all know I love them. Um, they do some incredible stuff. But we rarely talk about where's the farm and where's where couldn't wouldn't you love it if every meal you had came with a story of every vegetable steak more every, everything than you know more yeah than you know where did it come from I'm and serious. and wouldn't we be so enlightened yes to really say I'm supporting this you know yes. I mean that's one of the coolest things at Saza I you know they have these little farmers that have this property right there in in Greenwood Village. Yeah that they grow all their butternut squash for them and have for years for this special soup. And that is the coolest stuff because to meet those two farmers and they're the sweetest couple, um, you know, and they're an older couple that live right around the corner, but they're doing it organically for Saza. And that's, that is where you really have this connection. That's super cool. Yeah, that's, Greg, when I hear yeah. all of this stuff yeah. that's going on, there's three words that pop mm -hmm. into my head that can help this whole organic thing. It's awareness, right. awareness, and awareness, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the only yeah. way you're going to battle big busy, business. Though. People are busy it, and, and people are living are. their lives. And I think food and, and sourcing and, is becoming more and more important to people, but they also look to, for experts like uh, mm -hmm. uh, Brian and Emily to kind of, and, and that's why I think growers are organic is so important we're gonna let, let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk more about growers organic uh, in particular because i think you're doing a great service for people and especially if the end consumer has the ability to have a box of uh, delicious organic produce come to their house as, as low as 20 dollars a week is a no-brainer to me uh, you're taking all the guesswork out of this and and connecting uh, farmers with uh, chefs and customers. It's, I mean, my hat's off. It's a it, it, way to go. Uh, just continue success because I know that this is, uh, this is a home run altogether. Again, in the kitchen uh, at 745, Dan Daniel Asher is going to join the conversation. Uh, is Daniel in the kitchen tonight or where, where's he hanging oh, yeah. out? Is he, I think he, he is. That's cool. He told me that he was going to uh, step. He's like, I'm gonna, I am I want to step into a quiet corner. He said, so <laughs> I'll have a quiet corner to talk with you guys. That's yeah. what he told me. And talk about one of the neatest guys around who's just so smart when it comes to this and and being able to talk to uh, guys like Brian and, and Daniel and and. and and Emily, it's just, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to do this on a Saturday evening. We'll take that break. We're a little behind. Uh, we're going to have to catch up with uh, Mark Whistler, who is doing so many great things for his community with the Goods Restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll check in with Mark for about a, a minute or two. We'll rejoin this conversation right after the break. Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, The Modern Eater Show, iHeartRadio. So maybe you have a restaurant and aren't making as much money as you'd like. Perhaps you need help with food costs or ideas on improving your menu. Get help now. 
email Greg and the chef today, themoderneater at gmail.com. Remember the time when if you wanted to enjoy a classic Belgian-style beer, you'd better be visiting Europe? Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, head brewer of Brews Beers right here in Denver. It's with great honor that my partner Ryan Evans and I are able to share our passion for Belgian-inspired beers from our local microbrewery, Brews Beers. Located at the intersection of 67th and Pecos in the Midtown community, we invite you to Denver's only all-Belgian-style brewery and taproom to sample an array of classic Belgian-inspired beers. If you're a Colorado craft beer lover like myself, you're sure to appreciate our attention to providing only the best ingredients and care when we brew our Belgian beer recipes. With a food truck every night and open seven days a week, our spacious, dog-friendly taproom and beer garden welcomes you, your friends, and family to sample from a large selection of award-winning, small-batch, handcrafted artisan ales. Look us up online at brewsbeers.com. That's B-R-U-Z-B-E-E-R-S.com, and we'll see you at the brewery. Okay, I thought we were going to catch up with Mark Whistler from The Goods, but he's not around, so we'll just do this. Um, the Goods Restaurant, I have to tell you, Mark Whistler, I'm sure he's on the floor of The Goods Restaurant. It's attached to the tattered cover building right across from East High School, and uh, just a really, really, uh, talk about mindful and sourcing and ingredients and sustainability. It's on his mind, and not only is that on his mind, but his community is on his mind as well, so much so uh, that he has a, a give a coat, take a coat armoire right outside of his restaurant and it's for people that you know we're lucky we get to throw a coat on and probably four or five in our closet at home and it's just a, a nothing burger to us but mm. to a lot of people within our community a coat means the difference between staying warm all night or not and and to me um it's just as good food is it's travesty that um People have to go through that. And guys like Mark Whistler uh, is doing everything that he can to be mindful of uh, people in our community, which I really appreciate. Uh, a gl- gluten-free, it's a big thing right now. And again, growth opportunity. But plus, um, you know, celiac's a very small percentage of uh, the population, point something. But there's a lot of people who find out that the inflammation, intolerance, um, there's just a lot of things we're finding out of what food does to us. And, and gluten is, is one thing that a lot of people have a hang-up on, and Mark is very mindful of that as well. So he's got about 80% options on his menu, and if you have uh, a dietary restriction when it comes to gluten, that's a big thing to be able to go somewhere and know that you have quite a few options that just aren't organically gluten-free. He'll put uh, gluten-free breads on his menu, and and we have a great um, source for gluten-free, a dedicated vegan uh, a gluten-free bakery in Arvada with gluten-free things. So he's putting it all together, and you need to stop by, especially for a holiday party, 303-355-5445. You can book your holiday party, and I think he's doing something like uh, uh, 15 or more people. Uh, the first 100 bucks is on Mark. He's going to pay for the first 100 bucks of your holiday party, 15 or, or more people. Or, Greg, he'll give you a gift card, and you can re-gift that $100 gift card to somebody. And that's the type of guy that this is, 303-355-5445. Again, the Goods Restaurant attached to the Tattered Cover Building right across the street on Elizabeth, uh, across the street from East High School. It is the Goods Restaurant. Daniel Asher with the Edible Beats Restaurant Group, and I'm tuned in and loving Modern Eater. There's the voice of the band right there. And Daniel Asher, he will join us in the next segment. We'll probably talk about three or four minutes right now. I just want to give these guys uh, a good stretch just to talk about 
Growers Organic itself. And Brian Freeman and Emily Katowski, um, owner Brian, marketing manager Emily. It seems like a good symbiotic relationship between you two, right? Oh. We work pretty well together. Yeah, we really do. We do. <laughs> Almost too well sometimes. We're very similar. But I think it's we're both really, really passionate about this yeah. space and about food. Yeah, and, so and that's what matters. Chefs more and more um, are looking to grow their own produce, which I think is cool. That's awesome. You, and, and I'm somebody who I actually live about, I don't know, half a football length from Hedgerow. Uh, yeah. it, right across uh, from uh, Matsuhisa. And, uh, you know, if you have, uh, so I'm an urban, I live in a high rise. I'm an urban gardener. I'm one mm-hmm. of these guys who's growing jalapenos on his balcony and, and little things that I can do. Jay laughs at me all the time <laughs> because it yields a couple, five <laughs> out of each plant. I, I'm not saying anything about but it. But to me, each one of those is so near and dear to my heart yep. that, that I grow and I watch it from gestation to, to, you know, being able to harvest. And, um, the the accomplishments of being able to uh, to link up chefs and restaurants with uh, with growers what what kind of process is that do you, do you sit down with the chef in the restaurant and, and I'll throw this to you Emily yeah. and figure out what their needs are Menu and then planning. in your mind you've got uh, you can kind of go through who yep. who what what farms you'd like to hook them up with Absolutely um menu planning is a big thing of what we really want to do I mean I'm I'm working with Juliet and uh chef Chris over at Saza right now working on some new items for their menu um I was just up in Vale meeting with some people and and you know you go through menus for 2 hours and you identify, you know, items that they're planning on putting on and you either say that's a great idea, that's super seasonal, I know just the farm who who's going to be consistently have that item for you or sometimes you just have to say hey, like kumquats aren't really going to be coming around until January. Please like don't put those on the menu yet because that's just going to be tough for everybody. And so you really have to be in the know, not necessarily of our own growing region, but the growing regions in California and the desert and what's coming up. How long is it expected to be on the menu? Um, it's it's tough because, I yeah. mean, think of all the ingredients that she, these chefs are looking yeah. for, and you have to know where they come from. But that's what we do. Um, right now, we actually have Field to Fork, which is this great farm on the western slope. It's a, it's a young couple. It reminds me of kind of my husband and I, and they're all about organic, and they're the only ones that are doing organic vegetables on the western slope. You know, everyone does the fruit. These guys are doing vegetables all through the winter, which is great. And they're growing Bloomsdale spinach for our boys down at Urban Farmer downtown. And we've been waiting for this for months and everyone's so excited, you know, for this to come. But I mean, day in, day out, that's what we talk about. We just we talk about produce all day long with with chefs and restaurants all day long. But it's great. <laughs> kind of fun, yeah. actually. Yeah. I, I love it myself. Brian, uh, fulfilling, right? To 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 know that people you know here, here we are living in uh, the, the metropolitan area you know and and we're not out there on the farm and and emily that's your life you know type of thing but to know that um greg and jake can go eat some delicious food that's organic and that you had a hand in that when i say i'm living the dream i i truly mean it um it was really funny when uh my boss, I I left the organic industry because I wanted to have a family. And back in the early '90s, there wasn't a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think my my first job in the organic industry was making like three thirty a week on salary, um, <laughs> working at Wild Oats. And you know, so I left and went into banking. And and my boss knew 
within two years, he said, you know what, Brian, at my wedding, he actually got up and said, I know I'm going to lose Brian to a tractor someday um, because he'd much rather be somewhere else than in, in an office. And um, he was, he was so, so right. I mean, even then I was, I was, I was making a ton of money just so, for my end, but I did farmer's markets every weekend. Um, and my wife would tell me, why do you, you work all week? And then every weekend you and your farmer buddies go hang out at the market all day long. And I'm like, that's, I would much rather do that every day. Um, then push a pin around. Exactly. And once I saved up enough money, that's when I went out and, and bought, um, what is growers organic. I, it was, it was a failing cooperative of, of a lot of actually 12 Colorado farmers mm -hmm. that weren't able to, to put it together. I mean, that's, that that's one of the hardest things I think because a lot of farmers have such passion for what they do and they care more about what they're doing than they do necessarily about the profits that they make. They, mm -hmm. it's, it's truly that labor of love. And that's, that's the hardest thing is because when farmers can find someone that they can trust, you know, I, I think that's really where it makes a connection. Sure. And I'll have farmers, I mean, just this week, I had a farmer send me an entire pallet of persimmons. And he said, you know, my my crew picked more persimmons than, than I could sell. I'm going to send you a pallet and you just pay me what you can sell it for. And that's the coolest, so, you know, that's the biggest compliment is, is we get, we get calls from farmers all the time when they're heavy on something. I mean, another farmer did it the week before with spinach and he sent me four pallets of spinach just, you know, and I was, I was lucky enough. And actually that went into a conventional production, but the farmer still got the money for it. Mm -hmm. Conventionally, people won't know that they're getting real good organic uh, <laughs> spinach. It might taste a little better. Um, but those, that, that trust I think is so important with the farmers because you know, what, what they do is they rely on us. And that's where these relationships what, with to the restaurants. create those relationships as well and to re represent their farm in the, in the fashion that they'd like to be represented. Because let's face it, they kind of live in their farm bubble. They're, they're not out here with, with us, uh, you know, running around the city. And they, they prefer not to. And they, they really, uh, a lot of them are very shy to even being the face of their businesses. Yep. And, and for guys uh, like you and Emily, Brian, that's so cool to represent them fairly. And, and nicely and be able to do let's not let's do you guys are good on time oh yeah, yeah. okay oh, yeah. And, and we've got some housekeeping to do also we want to get on from uh saza uh nora uh, ramirez who she paid forward program we haven't talked much about it but it deserves it but i think we're gonna have to do it past the top of the mm -hmm. hour i want to give daniel asher a good stretch we're already a couple minutes behind with that so you guys want to stick around yep. kind of just co-host oh, yeah. this Great. Oh, yeah. ride the ship out with yes, us sir. Mm -hmm. i like it all right we'll do that we'll come back Dan Daniel Asher, coming up next right here, The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hey, this is Dave Thibodeau from Stop Brewing down in Durango. You're listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatura. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen. 
All right, let's go in the kitchen. The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Growers Organic in studio and uh, Brian Freeman and Emily Katowski. But let's do this. Let's jump to the uh, VIP line right now. And uh, I introduced him as I was billboarding him at the beginning of the show as a lovely gentleman because I absolutely think that he is. It's Daniel Asher. Chef, how are you? And welcome back to the Modern Eater Show. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Happy Saturday night. <laughs> Happy Saturday night. Your friends in studio. Hey, Daniel. <laughs> Hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> Excited to talk to you. That's, right in the mix. Yeah, same here, same here. That's uh, the beautiful dulcet tones of Emily right there, and, and Brian Freeman yes. is also. Unmistakable, unmistakable. Hey, let's, let's, so Growers Organic, the uh, first thing, just your thoughts about Growers Organic. Uh, Growers Organic represents everything that's going right in our food system currently in America. I've been using them, um, gosh, for eight or nine years. Um, here in Colorado, and um, just their their integrity, uh, the relationships they create um, with their farmers and um, growers uh, speaks volumes about who they are as a company, and I adore Brian and Emily. Um, and I just think, you know, if a lot more um, companies and distributors thought along the lines of forging relationships as opposed to bottom-line pricing, um, our food system would be in a very different place today. I full-heartedly agree with you. Why not just go directly to the farmer, Daniel? What, what was it? Why not just go directly to the farmer? Yeah. Well, um, you know, a lot of restaurants and chefs do that. I have, I have many direct farm relationships myself, but I think that's a lot easier up here in Boulder County. Um, but the bottom line is I think farmers get out of bed in the morning because they love growing beautiful food and wonderful ingredients. They don't get out of bed in the morning so they can sit in a delivery truck for five hours in traffic. Yeah. Um, and and so I, think, I think, you know, I'm sorry, Daniel, like growers organic, they're doing the homework. They're yeah. really on top of it. Exactly. And I mean, to gather together, you know, an amazing group of people that are doing things right um, with growing and farming and then being able to distribute that effectively and efficiently within um, an urban system is exactly what distribution is all about. I think you know a lot of a lot of farmers um, try to distribute themselves, and I think inevitably they reach a point where they realize the time, the aggravation, the money, the cost, the insurance, the gas, the the vehicles. Um, it's it just takes it it robs the beauty of the growing equation, I think, and it turns it into something else. And you know some farms do it, and they do it very well, um, but I think. Um, Growers Organic does a great job of, of making those calculations and figuring out those efficiencies in the supply chain and figuring out if, if them being a part of that makes sense, and they do that very well. Um, and because of that, they've got, you know, one of the greatest collections of growers that I've, I've ever seen. I mean, the, the produce and the ingredients I get to work with through them, even dairy, dry goods, heirloom grains, um, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing, and it just gives me the opportunity to do better at what I do every day. Wow, save that clip, you guys. Send You're that right. over to Growers Organic. Amazing. What Thank an you. endorsement that is, and I just think it's so cool. And these guys, uh, when you sit down uh, with Brian and Emily, you're sitting down with the real deal. And to me sure. and to you and to you know to Jay, and so, this is all very important to us, but do you figure that it's as important to the end consumer, the average everyday person that goes into a restaurant or goes to buy their produce? Um, I think... You know, the consumer mentality has shifted pretty dramatically over mm -hmm. the last few years. I think there's become, um, you know, there's a lack of trust within our food system that I think is necessary and important. And I think um, people are asking more questions than they ever have. I think people are looking for answers more than they ever have before. Um, and I think people can smell authenticity 
or they can smell clever marketing. And I think the, the advantage to that is having educated diners coming into our tables because we want people that want the real deal and we want people that, um, you know, want to enjoy a beautiful dining experience and at the same time maybe find out a little bit more about where their food is coming from. Um, and I think that awareness and mentality, um, you know, becoming way more evident than it has before is, is very important and, um, you know, a great statement on what's shifting in the consciousness of consumers today and they want to know where their food comes from. They just um, want to have that connection um, and that awareness and they want to know that, that that is true and it's correct and there's, um, you know, there's there's nothing um, conflicting within that message. I, I, <laughs> so what you just said in the past minute probably capsulized what we talked about for 45 minutes, <laughs> uh, which I think is so cool, Daniel, that you are just, um, I almost feel like you were listening to our conversation, which I know you weren't, but you summed it up so nicely. And I think that that's really where it is, is that, uh, you know, the end user is, is more and more aware these days and taking the onus upon themselves to really dig into um, what works for them and what's sustainable and, and what's good uh, products to put inside of their bodies and to have, again, like Brian, Emily, yourself, to be mindful of that. It makes me rest easier at night knowing that uh, I can uh, relax and do what I need to do on a day-to-day basis and, and rely on you guys to do the heavy lifting. It's so cool. For sure. No, it's, it's great. And I, I think there's, um, you know, there's a huge difference between companies and, you know, restaurants and, um, you know, chefs and cooks and culinary professionals that are, that are doing things for the right reasons. And, and I think those that aren't, um, you know, I, I think the, at the end of the day, the consumer can be, you know, kind of the judge of, of who's doing it right. And, you know, you support every time you go out to eat with your, um, with your dollar and with your energy and with your time. Um, and I think the more consumers vote in that manner for places that they believe in and companies that they believe in, um, you know, it just keeps keeps things flowing in the right direction as opposed to the wrong direction. Please take the next minute, Daniel, and talk about River and Woods. Oh, sure. Oh, my gosh. River and Woods is an adorable, charming, beautiful, intimate restaurant um, up on East Pearl Street um, in Boulder. And uh, for the former location of John's Restaurant, which is this beautiful, beautiful establishment that operated continuously for 40 years. Um, and then Chef John and his wife, Nancy, retired um, and we're kind enough to have this magnificent space that we were able to um, last year move into and, and uh, remodel and, and create this beautiful community-focused dining experience. Um, about a third of our menu is sourced from recipes that our guests submit. Um, and then I have the myself and my team have the humble honor of, of continuing the legacy of those recipes um, and kind of transforming them for more of a restaurant experience as opposed to a family dinner experience and um, tell the story of those guests um, on the back of the menu. So when you come in, you're not just eating our food, you're eating the food from our guests in our community as well, um, which is super cool and um, just a really interesting way to construct a menu, which I've never had the opportunity to do before. And it, it really is fun because you're kind of let in on these family family stories and funny anecdotes. And, um, you know, food is deeply connected to our memories um, of childhood and growing up and, and different, you know, highs and lows in our lives and being able to have those stories of our guests alongside our own message of food um, is a pretty beautiful thing. So we do dinner uh, Tuesday through Sunday nights. We have a beautiful Saturday and Sunday brunch. Um, I source everything obsessively. Um, Daniel, can I ask local, you a favor? Et cetera. Yeah. I, we're running up against a break. Can I, can you stick around? I'd love to keep you for a minute. 
Yeah, of course. No okay, problem. let me do that. We'll come back. Uh, we'll come back with Daniel Asher next on the Modern Eater Show.